Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clearmotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Clearmotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gardner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotive.ca IMS, or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello and a warm collisions YYC welcome to my longtime friend, Miss Tannis Gaffney. How are you doing, Tannis? Hi, Tyler. I'm great. Thank you. So good to have you on the show. And I'm going to let the audience in on a secret. You told me many years ago, Tyler, it's no way I'm coming on your podcast. I got nothing to share. But then about mm, six months ago, you said, listen, I'm going to have something to share in the spring. So we're going to circle back. So it felt a little like a bit of a threat and a bit of a promise all at the same time. I got excited about it. But let's just set the stage. You are Senior Vice President, Chief Marketing Officer at Travel Alberta. So congratulations. I know that's a recent, you've been there for five years, but that's a recent kind of evolution of your role. So just give us a quick, like, what is the, what is the, the SVP CMO acronym land. What, what, what's your role? What are you all about? And then let's get into this, this conversation. Oh, thanks, Tyler. Uh, yeah, I've actually been at Travel Alberta for the last five years. Uh, I think probably the last two have been the hardest of my career, and I'm sure a lot of other people's careers and industries across the province. Uh, I'm actually in charge of uh, inspiring visitors to come to the province. And we do that through sort of three, three divisions within uh, my department. We have an in-house brand and content team. So we like to say we have some storytellers uh, in Alberta, always kind of trying to find, uncover the latest story or the most interesting experience that will inspire people to come. And we have an agency network that is behind that as well. And then we have a distribution team in our consumer marketing group where we work with, um, you know, influencers. Uh, we have a paid media team. Uh, social media, uh, PR. And then on the last pillar in our organization, we have kind of the sales team, which we call our business development team, working with our trade and our tourism operators to try to build itineraries and sell packages to come to the province. So with those three prongs, that's sort of uh, a kind of go between each one on a daily basis, uh, whether we're building building assets and building inspiring content or whether we're distributing it and selling it. Well, it's a, it's a straight line, but a circle all at the same time as they all require yeah. each other to, other to function. We need more content. We need more stories. Great. We've got amazing stories. How do we get people here? Just the sheer logistics of making it easy for someone to go down a list and go, I want to go there and kind of pick it as we all think about ourselves as travelers, as Albertans that travel abroad. Hey, let's set the stage kind of just for the sheer importance and value of this. It's easy to go, oh yeah, tourism is valuable. But some people might be like, well, I don't know how's that relevant to me. What are the dollar and figures? And let's talk 
pre-COVID and let's talk now because I understand there's been some shifts. What what actual line item does this represent in terms of revenue brought into our province? Like, how do you guys measure that? And what, how, how big is the number? Because I know it's a big number. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we always look to 2019 as sort of the height of um, the tourism industry. And at that point, it was about an $8.2 billion industry. And, uh, you know, COVID arrives in tourism uh, in Alberta and in all the other provinces and cities across Canada was probably the first and the hardest hit industry. Mm. Uh, and, and we're thinking might be one of the last to recover. Uh, we are seeing some indicators last year that were probably about uh, up to maybe $5 billion, um, after kind of domestic receipts of, and Albertans, you know, traveling around the province. So that's encouraging. Uh, but I can say, you know, that's 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 a pretty significant number that that people might not necessarily know or understand that that's actually um, quite significant in Alberta for GDP. Okay, in terms of the actual impact, and, yeah. And I want to be careful going down. This feels like a deep rabbit hole. We could spend the whole hour talking about, but just to set the stage, and this is collisions. Why we see we talk about economic transformation and all of the things that, from a diverse and inclusive perspective that impact it. If I took a thousand of those dollars or, or even a hundred thousand, something a number that people can understand, obviously restaurants, uh, hotels, um, attractions, how do you guys, how does that money kind of fall through the province in terms of its impact? Yeah, we, we call it, um, <clears throat> we call it sort of the visitor economy is collectively it's called the visitor economy. Oh, okay. And, uh, we, we say, you know, it's like the, uh, it's an integrated, um, holistic economy of economies. So when we talk about the visitor economy, a riddle, a riddle inside an enigma inside a riddle. It's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) and it's, it's, it's quite significant because it's the flights that come into the province. So, uh, the transportation, uh, network, it's the hoteliers that have, you know, suffered like significant losses, especially within the cities. It's the restaurants that didn't necessarily have the visitors coming in the coffee shops. It's the experiences. So, it's, you know, buying a ticket to, uh, you know, a sporting event or a museum. So there's experiences that are also part of that. And then uh, transportation on the ground, that could be Ubers or taxi companies and then everything in between. Right. So it's kind of an, like the, the visitor economy is quite holistic. And I'm sure your listeners have seen or heard or felt the impact yeah. of any one of those industries that's underneath sort of this broader uh, visitor economy. Well, you think when you, think when you travel versus live somewhere, I can live in this town and not go out to eat. I can not do a lot of things because I'm at home. And, but when I'm traveling, it's kind of a steady flow of money out of your pocket as a traveler. And we've all been there. So you think about bringing that in and you're right. There's literally a trickle effect that you could follow that traveler around and the coffee shop or the this or the that. And it's all, nothing happens without a transaction somewhere, which leaves a financial impact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's yeah, it's that it's that step of the journey. I mean, including when you want to go home and you want to buy merchandise or you want to buy souvenirs or uh, there's just I I don't know, 20 or 30 different touch points, depending on how long that you're you're visiting uh, for. So, yeah, it's been it's been quite significant uh, for all of these industries in Alberta. and, And we try to represent that visitor economy, not just talking about one of the sectors. Because there's the easy, oh, you know, heads and beds and hotels and things like that, which are obvious, but you're right. It's everything that's impacted. And hey, let's just sit for 8.2 to down even below five and kind of a little bit on our way up. So if that was a business or that was anything from an economic perspective, you lost close to 50% of your revenue and then dot, 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 all of the things that that impacted. So talk to me. Yeah, and it's. Sorry, go ahead. 
Well, and it's it's leisure. It's not just leisure, right? There's a business tra- there's a business traveler there too. There's meetings, um, incentive and conventions, you know, that have been empty for mm-hmm. the last two years. Right. So there's a there's 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 two different travelers that we look at, whether that's a business traveler or a leisure traveler or a little bit in between. So um, yeah, it's that's significantly um, been part of the conversations on now how we rebuild and how we recover. So you touched on, okay, you beat me to my next question. Like the difference between that travel, the tourism, the tourism dollar of someone coming to explore and experience versus the business, like that the consumer brand versus the corporate, you know, how much do you guys play in both? Because again, maybe through pure ignorance, I see you much more as the consumer facing side, the B2C, if you will, versus the B2B, which is still, but on the other hand, I've heard the story of like, well, I came here for a meeting two years ago and a year later I moved my family here because I was so impressed by it. That was their first experience with Alberta. How much do you balance out those two things as we start, you know, backing into what is an Alberta when it comes from a brand or a storytelling perspective? Well, um, that's a great, that's a really great question. Uh, Tyler, our, our mandate at Travel Alberta actually expanded last year from uh, destination promotion or just a marketing organization to a destination management organization. Mm, okay. So not only are we doing marketing, but we're also helping rebuild communities and um, almost acting like an economic development um, team within Travel Alberta. And so within that team, we actually have some funding that goes direct to our destination marketing organizations. So when we're talking about a B2B traveler, um, we, we actually work very, very closely with either a tourism Calgary or an Explore Edmonton to kind of fund the back end of that meeting incentive convention business. Hmm. And, and that's where our role is. We don't actually lead in that space. They have teams that are very competent that are now trying to rebuild and actually even trying to work on a lot of the cancellations, you know, that have happened over the last two years and starting to rebook that. So from that B2B space, uh, we really um, rely on the destination marketing organizations, the two cities to lead, but then we fund it from the back end. And I feel like even during COVID, we really, we as Alberta did a great job trying to figure out and navigate meetings and conventions and sporting events uh, regardless of all of the restrictions, I, I mean, the NHL bubble in Edmonton was a fantastic example of mm-hmm. how we can lead and still do things safely and still drive some revenue to the province. Or even, you know, Stampede last year being the first festival to open in Canada um, with the restrictions, having the first venue that I think they did rapid testing. So there's, you know, a really, there's, there was a fantastic entrepreneurial spirit that happened and it kind of put us on the map last year and I think it's going to continue as meetings and conventions start to rebook. So uh, that's, a, that's an, the optimism that we're starting to see. And I know we're going to get into this, but that, found, that sounds so on brand for Alberta. And that's, yes, I'm a, so it's a leading comment into what we're going to get into. But that willingness, that entrepreneurial spirit, they're willing to push it a little bit. But I think that's a good, just designator for me to help understand. Like there's Tourism Calgary and I've, I've worked with them and chatted with them lots and how they're working to book this event and that event and to kind of lure this group here to kind of host this thing and understanding that that's their role from a city perspective, whether it's Calgary or Edmonton, and then how you then work as a travel Alberta, work around that. And really, again, none of these are silos, right? As me as an individual, I'm just having a, a an Alberta experience. Like whatever, I don't, I don't, I don't segregate those in my mind when I decide to travel here. It's just, if it, it's yeah, either so- seamless or it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, even what's happening in Calgary right now with the, the expansion of the BMO Center. I mean, that that already is one of the best meeting spaces in the country. That's going to become even bigger and better. I think that's opening end of next year. So there's really exciting stuff happening in Calgary um, with some facilities that are just going to be industry leading too. So 
yeah, working quite closely with the teams and sort of an aligned partnership approach that we have uh, with the cities. I love it. It's we're, we're all in it together. Um, yeah. Okay. So especially in the first 20, 30 episodes of the show a couple of years ago, I literally think everybody said, we've got a branding problem. You know what? People just think of Alberta. They think of Calgary. They think about us wrong and someone needs to do something. There's a lot of angst, not a lot of solutions. <laughs> I'll be honest. And I know you and I had a little pre-call the other day and you're like, oh, please, please float this by me, Tyler. I really want to lean in. So everyone was quick to complain about, oh, we're this and we're perceived this way and it's not right. And clearly that's the place you've been digging into over the last little bit. So I'm just going to open that up for you to kind of pass some comments on that and then talk about a little bit of the journey that you guys have been on as an organization to what I'm understanding is rethink exactly that, how we are seen by the outside world and what we're actually seen as by the outside world versus what we think. Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling. I'm smiling <laughs> right now because I hear that all the time. And I, I really, I wanted to address that because we've, we've been working on uh, the past 18 months uh, a brand uh, perception started with a brand perception research uh, study. Who, who do we think, uh, you know, what's the reputation? The brand's always, what's the reputation uh, of, of you if you're a person? Or what do people say about you when you're not in the room? At the backyard so barbecue when somebody says, what's Alberta the, all about? What do they say next? That's your brand. <laughs> yeah. What are they saying about Alberta right now? Mm-hmm. And so we've been watching and monitoring that and trying to figure out, you know, what's, what are people saying? Uh, what's, what's the positive? What's the negative? What's a differentiator for us? What's true? And uh, and what isn't and and we we came up with you know, over the last eighteen months testing testing again. I think uh, I think there's been almost you know three hundred hours of research. I believe it. Thirty different focus groups. I think we've I think we're up to about six thousand people that we've talked to, yes. and we've talked to Albertans. That's a huge part of um, you know talking to the people all of us that, you know, are welcoming and opening up our backyards here to, to visitors. We've talked to Canadians, we've talked to British Columbians, Ontario, Quebec, we've talked to our American friends uh, in key markets. And then we've gone international and during COVID it's been quite easy to do a lot of this per- perception research because, you know, digitally uh, people are, are ready to, to talk to us. And, and, you know, we've talked to our key markets in London, Germany, we've gone to Asia, Mexico, and we came up with three key insights that I think is really interesting for your listeners, that there, there is um, a negative perception of Alberta, but it's only closer to home. Mm, so the further okay. you, away you are from the province, the less negativity. And for us, as we're looking at kind of high value travelers, which are uh, mostly international visitors, so Americans and international visitors. Because when you say how far is, away, are we saying Quebec or are we saying London? Uh, we could also say, we could also say Canadians. So actually okay. let's, let's add that. Let's add that. Cert, let's broaden okay. that. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Canadians meaning Ontario, Quebec, and then let's include that with the Americans and then London, England. Let's, let's okay. just make that right. circle Two. broad. Okay. Uh, and I'll start with the Canadians. Like there are negative perceptions within Canada and whether that's, you know, something to do with the oil sands or some, uh, political discussion of the day. There are negative perceptions, but what our research showed us last summer and actually this past winter is that they are still coming. That does not impact a Canadian's mm-hmm. intent to visit Alberta. So, you know, they'll, they'll talk about something, but they're still very, very excited to come. And our domestic receipts have actually showed that on the summer and actually the ski season, um, the Canadians were actually from 
Quebec and Ontario were uh, the majority of sort of the domestic receipts that we were seeing during this. Uh, this Every second season. chairlift ride this year, I was sitting beside a Quebecer. It was like, it was almost ridiculous. I'm like, is everyone from Quebec here this year? <laughs> Absolutely. So it is not impacting their ability to come, which is fantastic. And during COVID, was there also a bit of a dynamic? And we were like, there was a period, I just heard on the other day, big news flash, Quebec is is, is getting rid of mask mandates in the next week. And my wife looks at me and goes, are they still wearing masks up there? So like, there is a different vibe in Western Canada than there has been Eastern, just if like from a pandemic perspective alone. Absolutely. And you know, our our hotel receipts notice that as well, because we we do um, watch what the hotel accommodation bookings are compared to the rest of Canada. And we in the West, meaning BC and Alberta, uh, we're really lucky because we opened up sooner and COVID seemed to diminish sooner and the restrictions were lifted. So, you know, Canadians looking to travel or even, you know, that VFR trying to visit grandma or trying to visit, you know, your kids or your long lost um, cousin, everyone was coming West uh, wow. over the last year. So we've been, we've been quite lucky from a pandemic perspective that um, Western Canada was seen, you know, opening faster and also probably seen as a, maybe a safer uh, that okay. than Eastern Canada at the time. So hopefully that's starting to change if what you're well, saying. Well, I hope that gave a lot of people also a, a, a taste. <laughs> oh, you know, you go yeah. somewhere the first time, you're like, oh, I really like that. And, you know, it's like if you're a skier or you're any of those things, you don't just come here once. You realize how awesome it is. You come back every year. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely, yeah, that's true. So that's the sort of the Canadian perspective. So when we hear that okay. negativity with Canadians, it doesn't matter because they're still coming. And then <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when and then when we are looking at our international visitors, I mean, we were just in New York a couple of weeks ago, and I can say just being on the ground talking to content publishers, we had probably over a dozen meetings. We were the first province to actually be in New York talking to all these content publishers. You know, um, we were we were with the Washington Post, the New York Times. Everybody was so excited to visit Alberta. Not not because of any negative perceptions, but be because we fall under the Canadian umbrella. And that Canadian mm-hmm. brand equity that we have, which is, you know, friendly, safe, uh, low population, uh, welcoming, that's been fantastic. So the far, our learning was the further away you are, the less negativity. And it actually doesn't matter because the Canadian brand is so strong and so positive. So, um, I, I think that that was a real key point to take off our Alberta hat and what we might be talking about here within the province and negative perceptions and actually look at it from a visitor who has no preconceived negativity around anything that is happening in Alberta and just is super excited to come and visit, you know, a warm, welcoming province. Uh, we like to say cities on the edge of nature uh, that, you know, might be kind of a transformative um, experience to just come up to Canada. So what I'm hearing to just repeat back, I might be talking about some stuff that I saw happening in Alberta, but as a Canadian, that's not stopping me from visiting. I'm still coming out to have the experience. So then to your point, okay, no such thing as bad bad PR as the old joke. But what I'm hearing from a global perspective that that Canadian brand first or Canada first, and I appreciate as Albertans, we're like, no, no, we want you to think Albertans, but I live on the other side of the world. I've heard of Canada. Canada has this amazing, from being backpacking and put the Canadian flag on, like we all know that to be true. So from an insight perspective, leading with Canada, get them on that train and then show them, well, here's a place you can come check out inside. Because, oh, by the way, you can't just drive across Canada in an afternoon like you can in some European countries. Absolutely. Yeah. What our what our research says is uh, there's no, there's no, we hear what what is in Alberta or who is in Alberta. 
Nice. So being able to use the, you know, the Canada brand it, that travelers think of Canada first, they don't even know that there's a border in the Rocky Mountains between BC and Alberta. So making sure that we're using the that equity as we're advertising in international markets is, is going to be a new switch for us. Um, then showcasing the experiences that you can have within Alberta, but being able to use, you know, the the knowledge, the awareness of Canada is kind of the new direction that we're looking at and, and something we've known for a number of years, but we wanted to re-look at that and rescope it after COVID to say, okay, how, how have traveler perceptions changed? Has behavior changed? And that Canada brand is stronger now more than ever. Hmm. So that's something that we really want to um, catch on to and working with Destination Canada, who's our national sort of tourism agency, we are completely aligned as we've gone into the United States with campaigns over the last probably four or five months okay. that they lead with the awareness message with Canada first. And then we fall under, uh, they provide, we say air cover, and then we fall under yep. um, behind that and then try to really showcase some of our uh, destination marketing organizations and our partners to try to drive, you know, conversion or some of that purchase behavior direct to our partners. So well, simply put, you're just, been, you're, you're getting more lift out of your dollars invested rather, rather than running alongside each other and not getting any economies of scale. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, Visit California has a bigger budget than all of uh, the destination Canada. So <laughs> it's always when, good to put things ask, into context. <laughs> when people ask us what our budgets are, it's that we're, we're never going to be the biggest fish, whether that's Canada or whether that's us as a province. We will never be able to compete with the bigger budgets, but we can be the smartest. And, and that means alignment uh, and very targeted uh, marketing to some you know, high value travelers that uh, we can then leverage from what Canada is doing and then hopefully drive them over to Alberta and, and get them booking our Alberta experiences. So yeah, that's, that's kind of our, our, our motto internally is we're never going to be the biggest, but we have to be the smartest. It's like the hardest working in the room kind of thing. Um, so let's, let's peel back a little bit. So I'm now an international traveler. I'm interested in, in Canada. I'm familiar with the brand. I'm like, oh, let's go to Canada this year. And then I start narrowing in of where I might go in Canada. And I'm talking to my travel agent or I'm, I'm online searching. What Talk to me about the actual differentiators and the pillars that we're standing on for, okay, now that we've got you interested in Canada, let's kind of bring you down this, this amazing Alberta path. What are some of the things that have showed up for you? Like, yes, we have amazing landscapes and things we've seen before. But talk to me about how that's been evolving through your research. Oh, that's a, yeah. Thank you for that. I, I love talking about this. Uh, what we found over the last two years during just the depths of COVID is we've been looking at Destination Canada's research on um, sentiment. And what we found is over the last two years, Albertans have been the most receptive and welcoming to visitors uh, to the province. So whether that was, you know, communities, were you receptive to welcoming other people from other communities? Were you receptive to welcoming people from other provinces? Or was that uh, from an international focus, were you, were you open and willing to, you know, welcome people from other, other countries? So for the last two years, uh, Albertans have been the most welcoming province within Alberta. <laughs> that warms, that, warms, that warms my heart. That warms my heart a little bit. <laughs> how, can, and, how can it not? Uh, how can it not feel great? <laughs> well, I think we we who we as Albertans who live here, we we know that, and we know that there's hmm. you know receptivity, and we know that we're. Um, you know, we we would if there's somebody that um, has moved to the city that we would introduce them to five other people if they're trying to find a job. But knowing that there's a, you know a data point that we have sort of a, a hospitality here and a warmth here that's actually a differentiator in the province, 
that's something that uh, we're really drilling down to. So we're known for our landscapes. That's the other thing that has come out of our brand research. Absolutely, people know us for our, our landscapes. We're actually the only province that has uh, six UNESCO World Heritage Sites. I did not know So we that. have the most out of any province. Uh, and that's, you know, obviously from the Rockies and the national parks to uh, the latest is an Indigenous site, Writing on Stone, which is near Lethbridge. Mm-hmm. So uh, the landscapes are our biggest draw, but what we're finding is that it's the people behind the landscapes and it's the Albertans that are actually hosting the experience is a differentiator for us. So we found that that is uh, something that we want to try to bring out a little bit more in some of our messaging. You're not going to see just open landscapes. You're going to see people in them, people doing activities. We're going to try to storytell the people behind it, the entrepreneurs that are, that are, you know, um, the fabric of Alberta. We're going to try to showcase some of the, the spirit that is here um, and the energy, uh, the the boldness uh, that I think is is part of the DNA that's here as well. So that is going to be the switch that you'll start to see a lot more people and the heart of of Alberta's is focused within that, not just the beautiful landscapes and that we're we're so known for. Well, it's unfortunate, unfortunately, or fortunately, there's other places in the world that also have beautiful landscapes. So it's like, well, mine's more beautiful. It just becomes that becomes well, I'm going to see this one this year and this year and that. Versus the differentiator is once you're here, the landscape yes will be beautiful, but all the interactions you have will what like that's kind of like. You know, don't show me how beautiful your landscape is until you show me how much how you how you make me feel about it and how you make me feel with interacting. So if, if Canada is a family of maybe functional dysfunctional, we're a whole group of provinces and each one represents. Where does Alberta sit in that? Like, who are we? Are we the overachiever? Are we the like I'm getting my brand hat on? Are we the rebel? Like, where where does Alberta sit in that Canadian family of provinces? Oh, that's well, we what we found is we are we are Canada, but uh, we've been. We've been playing with a tagline, we're Canada, but less boring. So I, I kind of like we're a that. little. Yeah. Okay. So far, my sense of, of, of pride is starting to pick up. Keep going. Keep t- yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. And I think I think Albertans would would agree with this. From again, a lot of the research that we've been talking about, and we had a really fantastic. We have advisory committee meeting uh, last week where we're, we're we're a little different than the rest of Canada. Like we're a bit of an outlier among Canadians. We're a bit bolder. We're a bit louder. Um, we have a little bit of a twist. Uh, another thing we've been we've been saying a little bit is we're you know Canada's Alberta or Alberta Canada, uh, but we have a little bit of a wild side here in Alberta. So it's you know it's definitely West side, part wild of that. side. Well, yeah, no, no, I got, I love it. My marketing hat is firmly on right now. <laughs> we're we're welcoming and we're warm and we're hospitable, but we have a spirit here. We're a bit independent. We're free, and hmm. we have a little bit of a swagger. And we feel that it's time Alberta is going to get their swagger back and it's time for us to lead the charge from a marketing perspective to show that that distinctively Canadian spirit that's hospitable and but also has a little bit of a twist and that there's there's a little bit of flavor here in Alberta that, you know, might be something you also have inside. Mm. It might be something that you see yourself in. So uh, that was that was, again, uh, some of the quotes that we were getting is that, you know, we it's not necessarily about us, but it's about them. It's about the travelers seeing themselves here in Alberta and then wanting to kind of free and bring out that spirit that they, that they see. So experiential, but also with a a really deep sense of self-expression and like, Oh, I can identify with that or that's, "Mm, yeah, let's go check that out and have that experience and then come back over and over. How much just from a sheer, you get somebody to come here the first time, like they fly here, you know, someone from London decides to come to Alberta. 
do you guys have statistics on they come here, spend a week, they will come back again, they don't? Like, is return visits a, a factor for you guys in terms of how you track yeah, the Yeah, uh, we, yeah, we, we actually, um, we've actually looked at that from an American audience because, you know, let's face it, the American audience is is close. It's our it, it's our bread and butter. We think over the next kind of couple of years to try to really rebuild the American visitor that have that has historically come to Alberta. Uh, the the stat that we know is that if an American comes to Alberta once, uh, they're four times more likely to recommend it and seven times more likely to come back. So that's pretty exciting once we once we get them here, then not only will they tell their friends and family, but then um, they also will come back because there's just obviously so much to do here. Uh, when we're talking to, well, when we were in New York a couple of weeks ago and we we're talking to some of our content publishers and, um, and our, you know, our potential distribution network, there's, there's itineraries around the province. It, we can absolutely go to the Rockies, but you can use the cities as a hub and spoke. There's amazing rural experiences here. There's indigenous experiences uh, that are you know, something that's like the the hot button for an international visitor to come and experience. We have uh, Métis Crossing, which is near uh, Smoky Lake, kind of north of Edmonton. It just opened a 50-room boutique hotel, which is industry-leading in Canada and something that um, we're quite proud of. So there's there's almost like you come the first time and you experience something, and then you leave and you are looking to come back because there's something else that you've discovered that might be uh, part of your itinerary when you round two. I appreciate that the, the the odds of returning after you've had an, had an experience and you know hey our US they're close it's convenient they've got a lift on their dollar there's a lot of things that also kind of pave that path you touched on something I want to unpack I had a gentleman um, on a while ago and he talked about he was speaking from the indigenous perspective and he said you know we travel all over the world to go experience other cultures yet we have this uniqueness in our culture here that we don't treat as an asset in that way what i heard you kind of say is like yeah we've got the rockies and we've got this beautiful landscapes and summer in alberta is stunning or winter if you're a skier is, is amazing but when you talk about people is it is it also more about our culture being unique? And you know, when I go to Asia or when I go even to Italy, I know I'm going to be immersed in a different culture. People are going to interact differently. In Asia, I learned that personal space is just a different, there's a foreign concept compared to my version of it here. How much is, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to come to Canada. Is it a culture experience? Like, is that a shift that we're thinking about our, our outward message of like, yeah, we've got the beautiful landscapes, which, you know, so does Southeast Asia and so does Italy, but I know I'm putting myself into a different culture. And as a traveler versus even just a vacationer, I look for that experience to kind of shake me up. Is that, is that, am I thinking of that correctly when I think about how we're trying to shift it to be more about people, which is really about our unique culture here in Alberta? Is that, is that the right framework? Yeah, we, when we say we're not the biggest fish, but we have the smartest, I think that's all about targeting and who we're trying to attract to the province. So okay. we, we've been working with Destination Canada to talk to a high value traveler. So somebody that, uh, you know, international visitors, they, they come for a longer time and they spend more money. Uh, but okay. where we've been targeting in, in three states in the U.S. right now is California, Texas, and New York. Okay. Because they have uh, awareness of Alberta and they have a passport and they have high vaccination rates. And they also have... Um, some passion points for Alberta. So besides the demographics and the psychographics that are all, all part of, um, you know, very strategic targeting, passion points for Alberta are uh, culture. So these travelers are looking for culture, like all arts and culture. They're looking to do some outdoor experiences. They're looking for sort of wellness and, and um, some type of, you know, retreat that, you know, gets centers them and gets them out of the concrete jungle or, you know, the living room that they've been in for the last two years. Okay. 
but, but what's rising to the top from international visitors is that curiosity around our Indigenous product, which is something that uh, from uh, the other side of our business, we've, we've actually been investing in a lot uh, from a capital project perspective. So okay. trying to be able to build more Indigenous experiences that um, can be part of itineraries that, you know, start within a city and then can move around the province so that you can focus in on that because that's probably one, there's consumer demand uh, okay. for Indigenous and there's economic um, opportunity. So I, I think that's a very important part of what Travel Alberta has been doing um, from a from a de development perspective. We work with the Indigenous uh, Tourism Association of Alberta very closely. We actually share offices with them in Calgary uh, and um, also within our Edmonton offices. But that's definitely where we need to invest and develop the experiences, and then we can put them on the shelf and start selling them because that's what the target traveler is looking for: is a lot of arts and culture besides, you know, the outdoor experiences. Right. And that's something that. Uh, we see is like a future growth opportunity too. As trying to be where, as the quote, don't be where the puck is, be where the puck's going kind of mindset. Is it a good day if you don't work in a Wayne Gretzky coat somewhere in here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't normally work in sports quotes, but apparently today's, today, today's the day. Talk to me about like the side of this that probably a lot of us, again, I'm being ignorant and maybe bold in saying this, don't think of. The airlines, the travel, the packages, the someone sitting in an office in London going, we're going to put together a travel package and we're going to pick Alberta. How much of your, you know, because that makes it easier for that high value traveler to kind of push the button, if you will, not have to go out and curate and find it. How much of part of your job is actually getting that on the shelf, if you will, for you've, you've referenced it a couple times about packages and just the ability to get here easily. How much is that a part of our world? Just those sheer logistics of being easy to buy a trip to Alberta. <laughs> well. We, with our, with our new mandate, we've actually put together a bootstrap plan. We call it our bootstrap plan. It's a three-year recovery strategy. Okay. And within that plan, we have an acronym of MAP, Marketing, Access, and Place. Hmm. And the access part of the strategy is all about airlines. And Alberta is not a drive-to destination. We don't have a large, hmm. you know, American city underneath us. Uh, like uh, Seattle to Vancouver or what's, you know, the opportunity that on, Ontario or Quebec might have. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a lot of drive traffic, rubber tire traffic that's coming across the border. It's got to fly in. So the fly in. And what we've been doing, uh, well, starting last year and now moving into year two, is developing a route development strategy in those key markets of California, uh, New York, and Texas to try to really reinvigorate um, the air access into Alberta, into our two major cities, which is a differentiator for us too, to be able to have two international uh, airports that, uh, that those jets can fly into. So that's been uh, critical to rebuilding and recovering right now is, is the air access strategy that... Um, helps you know drive those americans and it's it's easier if you have a direct flight into calgary uh or into alberta and what we've been saying is uh, especially here in calgary we always talk about pipelines and oil and gas and our pipeline has wings that's the first place to start <laughs> i like that <laughs> Well, listen, being a traveler, looking at somewhere to go, those times a year when WestJet has a direct flight to New York versus when they don't. Or where do I want to go in Mexico? The first question is, well, where does WestJet have a direct flight to? Because everybody loves a stopover. That's such a, you know, it says no one ever. Oh, three stops to get somewhere? Oh, that's amazing. I'm so excited about that. I can exactly. be traveling for even longer. Like those small logistical, like back to just basically, you know, customer, customer journey or just customer empathy, remove friction. How easy can we make it to come here? And then boom, first barrier is removed. Now we can get, you know, I might get excited about going somewhere and find out there's just no functional way to get there without a 12 hour, 18 hour travel day. I'll, I probably start looking somewhere else. I talk myself into not wanting to go into that place anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, and 
And I mean, we thought that we would have to look at that domestically last year, but the domestic air service actually came back quickly, mm, okay. which was fantastic. So then we moved our strategy to look at the U.S. and really building back those roots out of those key markets. Uh, we we just actually opened New York the last um, the last couple months. So really watching to see uh, not not necessarily how many Albertans are going down. We're looking at the inbound traffic. So how many Americans are coming up? And trying to figure out uh, what it, it, what's working and what isn't working with the airlines, uh, and really collectively doing marketing messaging uh, with both Air Canada and WestJet within those destinations to try to drive those Americans back uh, into the province. So it's very it's it's a real alignment with our partners. And uh, when I talk about the visitor economy and this kind of uh, holistic approach, you know, that's that's the first part of that is is uh, route development with the airlines. Yeah, I can have all the best story in the world, but if I can't if I can't get access, then it's not going to not going to yeah. make any difference. You mentioned I appreciate collaborating more on a Canadian on a national level, really capitalizing on an amazing Canadian brand to do a little bit of the lifting air cover, uh, as you said. How competitive it is from province to province? Because like tourism marketing, the travel dollar, like it's coveted for all the reasons we're talking about here today. How competitive is it just the reality? You know, we've got neighbors, BC, like you said, it's just the border's not that far. It's Saskatchewan. This side. We all have our advantages and maybe disadvantages, but is it competitive that way? Is it collaborative? Is it collaborative, but really is it competitive? <laughs> what's, what's the meeting behind the meeting talking about in that context? Well, you know, I think during COVID, one of the learnings we had it on our whiteboard uh, back at the office is uh, Churchill said, "Never waste a good crisis." <laughs> and I, I think, I think what's happened is, is the there's no, com there's no longer competitiveness. We were all, we were all hurting together. Our industry partners were hurting. We all have, you know, friends and family with businesses that were on the brink. And I think, from a Canadian perspective, we came together uh, with the provinces and and you know shared stories and learnings and tried to figure out how to, you know, scenario plan together as things opened, as they shut down. Uh, we work very closely with um, all of our, all of our provincial marketing associations, uh, especially BC. We work really closely with them to try to, you know, figure out how to rebuild Western Canada together. So I would say there's collaboration um, and partnerships that have, have never been stronger mm -hmm. uh, just because we have to, we have to rebuild the country together and we can, um, you know, all win together. There's enough travelers to, you know, fill all of our destinations. And right now there isn't enough of them. So we have to use every tool in the toolkit to make sure that we're aligned with every single partner within Canada to, you know, build back this economy and, you know, get the, our businesses either full or, um, you know, get people within on those airline seats and in the hotels and in the restaurants as fast as we can. Well, that abundance, abundance, you know, a reality of, of scarcity, but treating it with an abundance mindset allows everybody to get aligned a lot yeah. more readily. So now let, let's dust off our crystal ball, which is always tough, but you're my resident expert because you're on the, you're on the line. So I'm going to, where do we see this heading? What are we forecasting? You know, we obviously, you said an 8.4, an 8.2 to just around a five. Are we seeing this come back? And I know there's a million extenuating circumstances, but you mentioned like three-year plan and kind of being one year in. In. what when you guys look forward at this and some of the key metrics and you're now in the process and as we speak this brand is literally starting to see the light of day and Albertans you know, and more importantly people around the world are starting to get exposed to it when you look at the next one to two years let's just park that there's no more pandemics like let's just remove that one from the board completely because that's a left hook nobody knows or messages we've get hit by it you still don't see it coming it seems like if we took that off the table, what do you see the next couple of years looking like for one, the travel and tourism industry in general, and more importantly, the impact on Alberta? 
Well, we've been we've been actually doing a lot of economic modeling over the last six months, Tyler. So thank you for that question. Uh, what we're predicting at this time, and I always say, you know, let's, let's put the caveat of at, at this time, what we know right now is uh, we're, we're probably going to get back to uh, 2019 levels around 2024. And that's that's tracking that spend from the overseas market. So what we're what we're looking at isn't necessarily visitation, but we're looking at revenue. So um, we're very grateful that Albertans have traveled around the province over the last two years. We're very grateful for the domestic audience that has come back very strong, most recently in the ski season. But the, that international visitor, that is where the growth is. And that's where we need, we're going to come back to unprecedented levels um, that we need that that external revenue to really build back the visitor economy. So that's not necessarily the amount of international visitors, but that's that spend and that level we're anticipating will come back by 2024. We do know that an international visitor would spend almost four times more than a regional visitor. Hmm. So that's powerful. That's, that's a big number. That's a high value. That's a high yeah. value visit. <laughs> yeah. And, and when I say international, obviously the next year to two years is going to be about uh, the Americans and, welcoming back our, our U.S. visitors. And we're anticipating looking at uh, the U.K. Uh, at some point uh, in this year, Germany uh, this year and or next. And then uh, we're hoping and anticipating Asia maybe in the next uh, two to three years. So uh, we're, we're targeting some markets, but all based on that uh, very, very important direct flight access into the province as the first step. Okay, I appreciate that. And I'm assuming I'm getting way down in the weeds here, but there's a balance of, of local travelers that will now be traveling like now all of a sudden I can go fly to London. So maybe there is there some of those dollars that are going to be kind of moving out of the province with the hope that that exchange will be someone flying on that flight on the way back. Like I flew there and they flew here, but they're potentially going to spend four times more than I would if I went and spent a week in Northern Alberta, you know, as a tra as a tourist, even in my own, in my own province. So it, it, there's a net loss, but a hopefully a net positive as you bring in kind of essentially net new dollars. Yeah. And this is where we kind of go back to working with our partners. So when we're working with, you know, Tourism Calgary, for instance, or um, you know, Banff Lake Louise Tourism, or even, you know, Tourism Camor, that we know that they're leading then within the province or they're leading within Canada to try to drive visitation into Alberta and that then uh, where we lead would be international. So this is that really like kind of co um, coordinated approach to just figuring out who's talking to Albertans and who's talking to Canadians and where we're starting to kind of change and scenario plan is is not necessarily talking to that, um, you know, very valuable Alberta and Canadian audience, but we would lead international to try to drive that um, high yield visitor back into the province, but then those organizations are ensuring that we're still trying to drive visitation from uh, Canadians or Albertans that, you know, want to travel within, within. I appreciate it. It's, so, it's all a balance and everyone, if everyone does their part, it all works as a whole, right? There's nobody's on an, yeah. island. Not on an island here. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, Tana. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I'm about to call all my friends in the UK and tell them my pitch on why they should come to Alberta. What are some of the keys that like, what would you be this? If you're eavesdropping in this phone call, you're like, yes, you told the story, you nailed it. What are some of the key things? Let's, you know, we've talked about them all a little bit all over the place in this call. If we were to bring them together and kind of have our little 10 minute elevator pitch to my best friends and the high value travelers, lots of money to spend in Alberta. How do I get them to come here? What would I, what would I say? Oh, I love that question. Okay. How, how much time do we have? As okay. much as you want. The microphone is yours. <laughs> uh, well, 
first off, we, we like to make sure that, it, well, obviously everyone flies into the cities. So we like to use the cities as sort of the hub and spoke. So making sure that, you know, we're showcasing the urbane experiences that are within either Calgary or Edmonton. There's an amazing culinary scene. There's an amazing festival scene that's in Edmonton. Uh, there's fantastic hotel properties that are within both cities. The JW Marriott in Edmonton and Calgary has, you know, fantastic boutique hotels. And uh, I did mention, you know, obviously the BMO Center opening up soon as well as the Stampede. Well, uh, we can't forget that. That felt like low hanging fruit. I didn't want to pull that one out you, too soon. <laughs> of course you would get somebody to come in July. I, I mean, that you already know that. I got, uh, I got married the first Stampede of July, so everyone who came to my wedding could spend the next week at Stampede. That was 20 years ago, but that was part of our strategy. Because I'm like, well, if you're not coming just for me, you're going to come for Stampede as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, we, we, like to, we like to kind of bring people here, uh, you know, stay within the cities. But what's, the, what's interesting and what we're found with these high-value travelers, which are probably your friends coming out of the U.K., is that they're really curious about things that might not be on the itinerary or might not be the top five Instagrammable moments. And they kind of build in within their itinerary some type of spontaneity. So they're looking for, you know, some type of histor historical context to the visit. They want to be immersed in some cultural experience. Uh, they, you know, they want to travel around the province and not necessarily be in a rush and, you know, be uh, up at five and then be in bed by midnight because you're trying to check off everything on your bucket list. So I would allow for some spontaneity and some curiosity. And so once, you know, you've kind of experienced what all the cities have to offer, especially the pathway system in Calgary, it's uh, I think what the biggest in North America uh, and, and obviously have a uh, mountain experience and whether that's either going to Jasper or going to uh, Banff, then I would actually try to get them off the beaten path. We, we often talk about Waterton as sort of the gem, the Southern Rockies that uh, you might not know about. Um, ranches that are down there, exceptional experiences, cowboy trail, being able to go to Longview and do, taste um, Eau Claire Distillery. I don't know if you've been there. Fantastic distillery that has I have. I love, I love a good gin as well. So that, yeah, so we... That, and gin. Yeah, I know. And it's such a, you're in Longview and you turn down the right, you look to the right and you're like, this is amazing. This facility kind of like almost pops out of nowhere, actually, where it is at the Four Corners. <laughs> Spectacular. And, you know, just having that, an opportunity to go along Cowboy Trail and just see the, like the majestic Rockies, but then see the rural offerings. Uh, we also, there's an amazing um, brewery and in Red Deer, there's some really exceptional agricultural products. There's an agricultural corridor there. Uh, there's, you know, a, an interesting um, cheese place. And, you know, there's a farm to table uh, kind of experience that you might not necessarily know about. And then, where I think my favorite place in the province right now is back to this Métis Crossing, this new boutique hotel that has, uh, we were calling it a bison safari. So you can go to Métis Crossing and you can stay at the hotel and then you can explore the paddock where they have really rare white bison, which is actually quite a spiritual significance to the Indigenous. Uh, so that's an amazing place to kind of reground and recenter yourself that you might not have known about off the beaten path and somewhere that we're thinking is going to start to become the gem of, uh, of the province in, in years to come. So I, I hope, I, I mean, that's just a little bit, Tyler, I probably could give you 17 more things, but um, there's, and also, you know, not just necessarily summer in the winter, uh, well, yeah, just no, to be clear, we, we've only, that was only this, that was only one season we just talked was, about. No, that was only one season. 
That's only one season, just because summer's coming up and we're anticipating. We're excited a lot about of it. Travelers. Let's be honest. Absolutely, we are, yeah. We are anticipating a a a ton of travelers coming from all parts of Canada and the United States. We're super excited about what's happening this summer. So my mind is, you know, uh, thinking about you know the volume of visitors that are going to be coming back. What we're starting to work on right now is winter and how do we continue to drive visitation in winter? Continue with that flight service. So that people see, you know, the magic of winter in Alberta, which is a another differentiator for us. And that's that could be skiing, but that's you know snowshoeing or staying in a cozy winter cabin, um, you know, or backcountry lodge. There's all sorts of really amazing winter experiences, including Chinook Blast that Tourism Calgary puts on uh, in January and February every year. That you know is very very unique and something that international travelers are looking for as well. Uh, that, you know what? If I haven't convinced him at the end of that phone call, then well, I don't know if I can be friends with him anymore. Cause I'm like, listen, this is awesome. You need to come check it out. Hey, quick. And I know this is impossible to know, but are we expecting just a, a bumper stampede season this year? Like it, it feels like it's going to be a bit of a ripper. Like the energy sector is doing well. There's a like vibrant startup community. Probably, you know, I looked at the chuck wagon uh, thing the other day, definitely like not as good as it was, but still pretty good. So I don't know. I know those are some of the leading indicators. Are you guys expecting to see some uh, activity there? Yeah, we're 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 very optimistic. Uh, we we've been working with the Stampede. We talk to them quite often. Uh, they're they're pretty excited too. They've got some great new experiences that they're going to be rolling out over the next month or so. Uh, and whether that's you know their their entertainment, their indigenous product, there's some great programming happening there. So um, we're we're very very excited. That's uh, sort of a temperature check for us that mm, yeah. to see you know uh, how how it's going. Uh, so. I, I would say, and I, I, I don't, they haven't told me this, but you better get your tickets now. I know I'm going to be getting <laughs> I love a little scarcity, a little call to action. <laughs> because I think there might be selling out, especially if you're looking for a roadie or a chuck wagon tickets. The chuck wagons are back as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we're, we're all pretty excited when we say Alberta's getting their swagger back. I think that's yes, the first indicator I, right there. I think, you're, I think you're absolutely right. And you can travel all around the world as I had and you say Alberta and they're like, oh, Stampede. It is a huge calling card that we have out there in the world. There's no question how many times I've had people, uh, you know, just randomly, oh, we're waiting in line. You're some random attraction in wherever you are in France or somewhere in there. Oh, Stampede, Rockies, like boom, those kind of two monikers. Like, yeah, but now I have a whole new story to kind of like, let me tell you about the rest of what I've recently, you know, become aware of and is such a key factor and like i said being a brand guy being a marketing guy when something comes alive that feels right and feels natural it feels like it should have always been there and a lot of what i heard you today is like well well yeah obviously we're those things but to never underestimate how much work and effort and being deliberate it takes to actually bring those things to the surface and a true good brand makes it feel like it should have just always been something we knew and that to me is what i'm hearing a lot and what and that's my certainly my big thumbs up and what i'm hearing from you today and uh, thanks for doing the work and thanks for sharing with me today this is awesome i feel like i got a little get to peer behind the curtain as we're, this will soon to be rolled out across the province and all kinds of different formats. So Tannis, thank you. That was a lot of oh, fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Tyler. I really appreciated our, our chat today. So I loved it. Looking forward to talking to you again. Absolutely. Travelalberta.com. If you can't find it, it's because you're not looking very hard. It's out there. Um, Tannis, if anyone wants to reach out or chat with you or connect or kind of lean in on this story, what's the best way? Is there is there a preferred way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, I think find me on LinkedIn. I think that's probably the best way is, uh, yeah, Tannis Gaffney. Uh, easy to find. Love to chat and hear uh, any feedback or perspectives that you might have. You're clearly passionate about this topic. So you're, you're the right the right person in the right role doing the right thing that we need here. So that's awesome. So thanks for that. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tyler.